Welcome to the Control Alt Azure podcast. I'm Yusip. And I'm Tobias. Join us for a journey in the cloud. All right, welcome back to another episode of Control Alt Azure. Today, we're going to talk about big technology conferences and to go or not to go. So this is a big topic. Uh, conferences are awesome. There's upsides and downsides. So before we dive into this, I am again here with Yussi. So what have you been up to? Uh, I've been at school for a couple of days now, and uh, I've been learning quite a bit about macroeconomics and something called the strategic HR management. And, and having been an entrepreneur for about a decade now, HR and HR management always has been a bit of a mystery to me. I know we need those people, if you will, but I also also struggle quite a bit when, when I need to align, let's say, a strategy to a vision and then try to uh, involve HR in a meaningful way. So that's been kind of the thing for me for the past couple of days. But earlier this week, what I actually did is that I, I finally hired a personal trainer uh oh. And uh, <laughs> I know. So so my body is aching quite a bit. So that probably proves that I'm doing something right. And um and I've been doing a lot of different sports in my life, but now I figured that okay, I am beyond 40 now. I need to uh be more focused in how I spend my time exercising, not just dabbling around, but more like have a bit more meaningful uh exercise sessions and trainings. So I hired a personal trainer, he's a super nice guy. But, but I like to call him my personal tormentor because he comes up with these super exhausting exercise regimens for me. So it's been a couple of weeks now. I'm still good and I plan on continuing on that. So that, that's kind of why you get them though, because at least for myself, motivation to go to the gym has never been there. And when I do go, you know, I'm pretty relaxed, but that's also why I got the PT. I go there and they will whip me into shape. That's it. Yeah, and, and it makes sense to pay for something like that, especially how I feel that people might pay for my services to bring in expertise and knowledge about Azure and, and Microsoft technologies. I'm happy to pay somebody else to bring in knowledge about my body and how I should be training more or less or, or make it more meaningful. So yeah, makes sense. That's, that's it for me for the past week or so. So how about for you? What have you been up to lately? So on my side, I guess by the time that this recording goes out, we have just launched Control Alt Azure podcast. Yay. Yes, yes. So we went live the other day and it felt awesome. We have a lot of people downloading and listening to the show already. So this is very exciting. Got good feedback. Um, and that's also something that, you know, keeps us going. The more feedback, good and bad, you know, things we can improve is always appreciated. So if you are tuning in and you have recommendations for what we need to do differently or other suggestions were always open for that. So this is a learning experience for both of us. Um, but I'm super, super excited about that. It's great to be live. It feels like we're both in good sync when we have these discussions and the cloud, Azure, it's a pretty cool topic. Yeah. The, uh, the other thing for me is also related to, you had a, two points and one being macroeconomics and the other one being your personal trainer and, and your health. I also have something related to health, which is an air fryer. So okay. a colleague of mine recommended this huge device, which takes up pretty much all my kitchen. 
and that's an air fryer, which apparently is like a, a heat oven, whatever, which is portable. So you can make French fries and yeah, all kinds of dishes, but without the oil, right? So you don't have to drench them when you don't have to put them in, uh, you know, two liters of oil and, and boil them, but you just use hot air, but still get that crispy potato French fries. Or if you do fish or calamari, like I did the other day. So from a health perspective, that's pretty cool. I always tend to eat and drink very healthy, do a lot of exercises and things like that. But sometimes you miss these really good French fries or whatever it is. Now I can get them. And, you know, without the health um, problems, if you will, about drenching everything in, in two liters of butter or oil. So an air fryer, it's pretty cool. The only thing I'm missing is I, I don't know why, but I want to connect it to IoT. I want to have my air frying data in the cloud so I can analyze it. I don't know why. I just need that. It makes perfect sense. I, I think we Thank used you. to have, I think we used to have sort of the first generation air fryers without IoT in, in 1988 or so in, in, in Scandinavia. And those were those big uh, devices or contraptions. And, and you could kind of like a, uh, slice a bit of banana on top of it and it would, it would fry or dry it for you mm -hmm. and and it looked really bad so i trust yeah. the one that you got it's something more modern and perhaps it has the iot angle in it as well yeah i i don't know about the iot thing but i'll definitely get that if nothing else i'll hook up a raspberry pi or something with an iot bridge to to azure um, but you know that's that's going to be a fun project if i do that but that's on the health side, something that I'm excited about trying more. At least, at least when you're doing that project, you get to eat at the same time you're building exactly. the solution. Exactly. Um, let's just say that there's different models of these things. And I apparently got one called XL or even XXL. Not everyone in the house appreciates that. So now I need to prove that it's actually a good buy by making really good food. But... Anyway, speaking of food and speaking of unhealthy food, going to tech conferences, that's what we're talking about. And today, we're pretty much one week before the Microsoft Ignite conference. If you're tuning into this show later, we'll talk about all the big conferences coming out of Microsoft that we recommend going to. Uh, and in this show, we want to talk a little bit about to go or not to go. Does it make sense today in this modern age when everything is available online to actually go to a conference? This is a question we get a lot. And personally, I get the question a lot that, why are you not at the conferences anymore? You know, we miss you here, we miss you there. I didn't catch up with you because I used to be at all the conferences and today I'm not. Um, part of that fact, we'll get through the, the list of my pros and cons. Part of the fact is I got a two-year-old, right? So a couple of years back, we started to grow the family and they need me back home and I wanna stay home. So since I can consume most of the material online, yeah, that's what I do. And I do miss a lot of the things going to conferences, though. So I'll, I'll try to justify going to some of them, uh, to myself mainly, because that's normally who I need to justify it for. So what about you? What's your like initial take, to go or not to go? Uh, I love going to conferences. And for the past, I'd say, 10, 15 years, I've been going to a lot of conferences, both in, in Finland, where I live, but also in Europe and quite a bit in the U.S. as well. 
So there's these big conferences. It used to be TechEd and, and WPC. And now it's uh, Inspire, it's Ignite, it's Build, and then whatever else is around those. So I try to make conscious decisions on, on which conferences to attend. And, and as part of that decision is probably if, if I want or if I get to speak at a conference. And then it's also the travel. So it's the expenses. It's time away from home. And that's, that's growing harder and harder to justify. I've got three boys. And my youngest one is just turning two next week. And it breaks my heart if I'm traveling and let's say I am in Seattle for whatever conference and I do a Skype call home and, and my youngest son is picking up or, or talking to me over Skype and, and, and he goes to an English kindergarten. So he's, he, he mostly communicates in English now, which I, which I quite like. And he goes, daddy, daddy, not here. And it kind of breaks your heart that yeah. you're not there, but at the same time, you feel that you cannot be home all the time. So I, I like this kind of mental challenge that when you travel, you attend conferences, you meet a lot of people, you're part of the community, you can contribute a lot for the community. But at the same time, you've, you've got this pang uh, uh, that, that you feel that I should be home or I'm, I'm anxious to be to, to go home and that's what I think is crucial to keep in mind when, when you plan on whether or not you should attend a large conference. So that was a lot of the perhaps the negative sides or the sides that I'm thinking but on, on the positive sides it's, it's really meeting the speakers, meeting the community, meeting Meeting uh, people, if it's a larger community of uh, a conference like Ignite, I spend a lot of time at the expo area. I spend a lot of time uh, doing these ad hoc hallway chats with people I know or people I meet there. But I also uh, schedule quite a bit of meetings like let's catch up for coffee for 15 minutes, just get to know each other a bit better. And that's one of the things I cannot get through social media or just doing endless Teams calls. But once I've met the people first, then it's easier to continue those, those dialogues and those thinkings through calls and email and, and what have you. And that's kind of the, the thing that I aim to get most out from a large conference. Yeah, that makes sense. And exactly what you say, to get a face on someone that you talk to online, uh, whether it's a customer, whether it's a uh, a community peer, someone you hang out with on Twitter or discuss ideas with, or like you and I do now, we record the podcast. And while we do see each other here in the call, you know, it does make sense every now and then to go and sit down and have a cup of coffee because you always have different discussions and it's always a different type of interaction when you are face to face, regardless of, of who you meet. Uh, so I also have pretty similar pros and cons. Um, a, a big pro is going to meet the companies that I work with and my colleagues and also our customers and things like that because I work remotely. I work from, my, from the convenience of my own house. So, you know, it's, I don't have the daily interaction with people at the coffee machine. I don't have the going to lunch daily with all my colleagues. I don't have that. So whenever I get a chance to meet up, whether that is at a conference or in our uh, HQ in Munich or wherever that is, that is something that I value extremely 
much right now. And that also brings this face-to-face -face dialogue into, into play. Even though we have video calls a lot every single day, it is very different to meet up in person. So I really like that and meeting the community peers, also attendees and speakers at conferences and also new connections, people you did not know before, people introduce you to other connections and then you meet people you had no idea that you would meet, that you know these random coincidences that you meet people that then prove to be a very good friend down the line. Um, so it's a very good place to also be social if that's your game. But you know, some people are extroverts, other are neutral, some are introverts. And, you know, I think there's a space for everyone at the conference. You don't have to be this social guy running around talking to everyone. You can just go to your sessions, sit in, and then go back to your hotel, whatever you want to do. For me, though, I never go to the sessions. I have never gone to a conference to listen to what the speakers say. And that is kind of hurting my own feelings a little bit because I used to be a speaker. And I used to do some public speaking in the past. but I quickly realized that you know, I did not enjoy that as much as I thought I would, but I also do not enjoy sitting into a 90-minute session because mm -hmm. I will drop attention. I guarantee you in 20 minutes, if you don't get to the point, I'm done and I'm already going out. And that is not to hurt someone's feelings going out of a room. It's just I cannot waste time on something that I cannot concentrate on. So whenever I go online instead, I can consume the session sessions because I still take part in whatever the, the speakers and the sessions are delivering. I just personally like doing that online because I can turn up the speed to 150%. And then I can consume it in the time span that I have my attention fully focused on that topic. Um, so one of the, the main benefits of attending conferences virtually or from the convenience of your own house is exactly that. When you have time and attention span, you turn the session on. But you will never, in, in my experience, never be able to compensate for the fact that when you meet up with these people, uh, when you meet up with speakers, you can ask questions, you can interact directly on the spot, and you cannot do this online. You can watch a recording, but it's not the same thing. So there's different sides of the coin. Do you want to attend the sessions for the knowledge? Then you can do it online. Do you want to attend the conference for the connections for the social gatherings to getting to know new people, to learn new things and share new experiences with people in dialogues and discussions that you cannot do online, then you go to a conference. That's at least for me. So same thing, like you mentioned, the expo area, you go there. Whenever the sessions are on and I'm at the conference, I don't go to the sessions, I go to the expo area. There's a lot of people in there during the sessions as well. All the companies are there, you know, having their, uh, their banners and booths and during the session, I find that quite enjoyable because there's less people in the hall. So I get to walk around talking to the companies and people that I find interesting. Uh, one of the interesting aspects uh, to what you said is uh, something I've seen at Ignite, especially in, in recent years. They allocate this one hall for silent sessions. So they've got a bunch of sofas. And when I say bunch, it's, it's more like 200 sofas. You can sit <laughs> on a sofa. Uh, American size. <laughs> yes. And, and you often have to share with somebody else as well. So you sit on a sofa, you get your seat, you, 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 you get comfortable. And then they hand um, these headphones for you. And you can tune in to any number of the sessions they're projecting on the numerous large uh, screens or TVs on the wall. 
So there might be 20 sessions going at the same time. And visually, you can see them all, but you can concentrate maybe on one or two. And you can hop between the audio channels. And if it's not something you like, or there's there's some content as part of the sessions, session that you already feel you know, you can easily just uh, start watching a different session at the same time. And so many it's people... like sapping on the remote control when you watch TV and it's like, yeah. okay, commercial came on or, okay, I know this, seen this, zap, you go to the next one. Yes, so you really get to choose. And often I see people with laptops or, or, or tablets and, and they, they have this second screen option that the conference website typically offers that you can have a third session or a second session on your tablet, on your lap, and then you see something on the wall and you're kind of multitasking, if you will, but you're trying to pick the cherries from all the cakes you can see at the same time. Yeah, nice. I did not know that that existed, but that sounds also so, like something that would suit me. Like I just discussed yeah. with my, it's not that I have a bad attention span. It's I have a full attention span for most things I do, but sitting and listening to a 45 to 90 minute topic that I find highly interesting but it's either too slow or there's too much info to digest, you know, whatever, then this sounds like a good option because I can, like you say, cherry pick exactly what I'm interested in, you know, real time. So yeah. that's pretty cool. For, for the breakout sessions though, uh, even if I'm mostly doing Expo and, and hallway discussions, I make an extra effort to also uh, go to the schedule, go to the agenda, mark the ones that I'm most interested in. Those might be, roadmap sessions or something where I'm expecting they'll announce something that, that that's of high value to me. So I do go to those sessions, but I have this mindset going in that I will find a nice seat and I will make notes. So instead of just passively listening and trying to digest and ingest everything, I do notes on OneNote and I typically do a blog article or push out a series of tweets around those findings because then I feel I'm making a service to the community. I'm, I'm digesting something that I spent maybe 75 minutes listening to and I'm, I'm, I'm uh, compressing that knowledge to let's say two tweets or a short blog post with, with relevant links. So whoever later on after the event needs to find out about that, that very same topic can possibly find something that I've already thought through once and they can build on top of that finding and perhaps produce something new. Yeah, sounds cool. I, I like that idea. Um, so on, on a different topic within conferences, I know also conferences like Microsoft Ignite, they offer certification opportunities. And we've talked in the past uh, between the two of us about certifications. You've written some good blog posts about Azure, Microsoft Azure certifications. We have probably a podcast coming up talking about certifications. I think we need to do that one. And also at these big conferences, there are usually certification opportunities. You can go in and, and sit and do your certifications on site, which I find pretty convenient because if I book that ahead of time, I know that I will be there. I already have my travel plans. I have already allocated the time to actually be at that conference then if I sit into a certification for two hours, that's booked. That's cool. Um, so I like that. Is there, do you have any experience with certifications on site at the conferences? 
I, I do, and, and I'm kind of torn between the opportunity. Uh, for example, this year Ignite is offering free certification exams. So obviously, instead of paying maybe $200 uh, for the exam, you just show up and you allocate your seat and you get to do it. And they often mm -hmm. have these preparation sessions where somebody like a Microsoft Certified Trainer, an MCT, walks through the topics uh, to a classroom so you can attend those brush up on your knowledge and then directly go and do the exam. I think it's great, but at the same time, if I were to send somebody from my team to Ignite and I'm perhaps allocating five to 7,000 euro in, in total expenses for that person to go there, I wouldn't want them to spend two days doing certification exams because they get to do those at home too. Uh, and, and back in my previous company, we had our own uh, classroom for for doing certification exams. So you you could walk in there any any day of the week and do those, and 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 the company would pay. So if you travel halfway around the world, do an exam if you feel that's the best time to do it. But I try to do things at a conference that are there only for that time that I'm there. The exams I can do any week later on. Yeah. But so it would be maybe that, a better recommendation to go to the hands-on labs, like you say, to yeah. talk to the MCT, to ask your questions, whether or not that relates to an exam, like to deepen your knowledge in AI or machine learning. Yeah. Maybe that's yeah. your thing. Then yeah. go and, to a hands-on lab with that. Yeah, and it boils down to uh, allocating time, focus, and energy for learning something. For some, it's mostly sessions. For others, it's hands-on labs. And it's important to know what, what's the way you learn best and then trying to optimize around that experience during the event. Yeah, that makes sense. Another thing that I like is whenever I go to these big conferences, a trend I've seen over the last few years, it's not been this always, but I'm very thankful it is now, is there's a lot of talk about diversity and inclusion. And there's panel talks and sessions and there's meetups and there's you know, social events around diversity and inclusion and how we can like bridge the gap in tech to let everyone by default be included. So it's not an exception to be included, but it is by default. So I really like where that's going. I have spent quite some time here in Sweden in my local community and talking about and, and helping trying to drive technology as innovation and you know, by default having that as an inclusive option. And I really like seeing this at the conferences. Have you uh, taken part in any of those panels or seen those at the big conferences? Because I haven't been to, the, to these big conferences in the last two years, given that I got my kid. And I don't know exactly in what direction they're going now. But last time I saw it, it was going in the, totally in the right direction. I, I think it's, it's going in the, in the right direction. But I also think there's uh, quite a bit of difference between how Europe and the U.S. approaches, let's say, diversity in and itself. And, and being a white male from Europe, I, I know there's not too many things I can say and justify that this is my experience. Because for me, it's been relatively easy to be accepted to the community. Of course, I've, I've tried my very, very best. But even then, one or some could say that, yeah, it's been so easy for you, you see, because you're this and this. Uh, 
I think it's up to the community as well, not just the conference organizer, to have inclusion and have consideration for diversity. Uh, do we know people who might want to attend, but they are more introvert or they're shy or they're unable to travel? How could we include those, those people as part of this? Or do we know somebody who simply cannot afford this or they do not have uh, a laptop they could use to attend uh, remotely? So all sorts of options. I think the community could do much more, but I'm uncertain on how those efforts should be orchestrated. Should it be uh, as the Microsoft MVPs? Should we run something in there? Or should we push that to the user groups perhaps? And I do realize now that we're talking about this topic, it goes a bit beyond the conference experience. But I also feel that as part of a successful conference, you need to consider different uh, groups of people and also the different needs people have and, and try to reasonably cater to all those different expectations. Yeah, I, I like the, the thoughts around that. And like you say, I, I would not put this on MVPs or anything like this at all. I would try to drive it, you know, across the board. It should be on the top of the minds of everyone. It should not be something you have to drive. It should just be natural. And maybe a step to do that is, like you say, to, to push it in user groups and talk about it and having open discussions around it. Uh, but I think maybe that's an episode in the podcast in itself to, to talk around that. That's a pretty important and big topic. Um, speaking about conferences specifically, which are the, if you were to pick three conferences from the top of your head, what would be the ones that you would recommend people to go and visit in person? I would definitely recommend uh, Microsoft Ignite, but now it's also available as Ignite the Tour. So that goes to different cities and there's plenty to choose from. And you kind of get the, the best of Ignite through the tours. So Ignite- It's like the Ign cherry picking you talked about before. Yeah, yeah you know, exactly. Someone re-delivers the, the important announcements. Yes, and, and you have often uh, local people from the community as well as people from, from Microsoft Corporation, typically Redmond-based people. They would travel to different cities and they would re-deliver something they already did at Ignite, the actual conference. So Ignite is one. And the second one that I'm highlighting is the European SharePoint Office 365 and Azure conference. And that's in early December 2019 in, in Prague. And what I like about this conference is that it switches the city every year. So this year it's in Prague and it's always close to Christmas time. And that's focused, of course, on Microsoft technology, but it's not driven by Microsoft. So there's a lot of people from the community who get to speak and they often introduce the uh, different viewpoints on something that just became available at Ignite. Mm -hmm. And the last one, um, I'm a bit torn. Uh, so one would be Microsoft Build. And that used to be classically for hardcore developers. Let's talk about C++ and MFC and, and ATL templates. <laughs> All the cool stuff, ever. right? <laughs> All the cool relevant stuff. And I get that. But 
nowadays, build is more about Windows 10 as well, universal, universal Windows applications, Azure. So the theme is still on, on developing solutions and building new and cool stuff. But it's not just for hardcore developers. So build and then the European Collaboration Summit uh, that's uh, in early June next year in, in Wiesbaden, Germany. And ECS, the European Collaboration Summit, the great thing about that is that it's fully community-driven. So you get to see these rock stars of the community. And I'm definitely not talking about myself, although I think I, 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 I will hope to get to speak there. But ECS is super relaxed and laid back, but it's still professionally driven. And that gives yet another viewpoint on a lot of technologies because nobody's trying to sell you anything. Yeah, I, I like that idea and, and the concept of that. And in the in the past recent years, I've been following that because a lot of people I know help organize it and they're attending. I love the fact that it's by the community for the community type of conferencing. So not the, the big conference, let's only make a, a load of money type of conference, but there's something in it for everyone. And it's I really like it. It's an, also affordable. So like you talked about before, if you don't have the means to go to a conference or if you don't have the funds or budget for it, then also this is a good option because you have the same world-class speakers. It's Usually it's the same speakers or many of the same speakers going to the other Microsoft hosted conferences, but the, the entrance ticket for that conference is a lot better for your wallet. So that's a yeah. good recommendation, definitely. Would you would you have uh, on your mind any other conferences, perhaps remote conferences that you would recommend on top of this? So remote conferences is again Microsoft Ignite uh, because, like we talked before, it's attending sessions online, and Ignite does usually record and or stream the sessions, so I can take part of them from here. So my Swedish time, that means I will have to do that in the evenings if I want to take part of it live. Otherwise, it usually goes to channel 9.microsoft.com uh, or msdn.com. can remember the URL right now, but it goes to channel 9, and then you can watch it whenever you want. So Ignite, definitely one of those. Um, I also agree with Microsoft Build, and as the name implies, it's a conference where you build things. It's a lot about cloud solution, Windows apps, it's for architects and developers and startups and student developers and makers and anything that is about building something. I really like that. Um, I also like this, you touched on that subject a little bit with the tour. So you have Ignite the tour and you have also Microsoft Envision the tour. Uh, that's also global in multiple cities around the globe. That's more for business decision makers and senior level executives, if you will where you can explore strategies and share experiences. But if, if you don't go to Microsoft Inspire, which is the worldwide partner conference's new name, if you don't go to that, then the Microsoft Envision the tour is the same thing like you mentioned before with Ignite the tour, where this is a cherry pick of the most relevant and interesting things then being re-delivered across the globe in smaller sessions. So I really like that. I also like Inspire as such, uh, the partner conference. But it, again, it depends on why do you attend the conference? Is it for the technological technology or is it for the people or is it both? And Microsoft Inspire is more for the partners, but there you get to meet a lot of interesting people. 
it's a very good conference to attend to if you want to tie better connections or new connections and expand your network, showcase what you're doing, but also learn what others are doing. Um, and another thing I have on top of my mind, which is a conference that I recently took a look at is Microsoft Azure and AI conference. That is 2019 in November 18th in Vegas. And, you know, speakers include Scott uh, Guthrie and Scott Hanselman and a lot of other, you know, big speaker names. And that topic resonates very well with me because Azure, obviously, as the name of this show implies, we like Azure, but then also AI being bundled into that natively or, or naturally. So I really like to see where that's going. I currently don't know if I can attend that remotely or not. I haven't looked at that. I hope I can, at least for, for some parts of it. And I'm going to be very keen on following that. The, the Microsoft Envision, uh, not the tour, but the real conference, uh, that is typically held, is it in conjunction with Ignite or Build? I can't recall right now, but it's been invite only for, for I think, two years now. So you need uh, a sort of sponsor from Microsoft who will recommend that you should earn or get or, or be able to purchase a ticket for Envision. And I haven't been there personally, but I think it's together with Ignite. So I get to see the attendees a bit. They share some of the, the sessions and the keynotes with, with us, us, the common folk attending Ignite. And I think if you're less technically oriented and more on the business decision maker or, or executive side, then Envision or Envision the Tour is definitely one of the highlights uh, to all of these conferences. Yeah. So if, if I were to summarize this from, you know, both of our takes are pretty similar on why we want to go to a conference. Um, if I were to summarize my, my point or my point of view, you go to conferences for people. You go there to meet up people, companies, to learn things you did not learn before, but also to have, we have already allocated an entire week across the globe where you are attending the conferences. You have time to try things out. You have time to explore new things and new ideas without being interrupted by 25 meetings. So I really like this, um, this part of going to conferences. On the other hand, I also do attend most conferences remotely today, given you know, growing my family, but also for the environment. I really like that I'm traveling a lot less and I don't jump onto a jumbo jet every now and then just because I'm going to a new conference. Um, so my, my takeaway is, should you go to big conferences? Yes, you definitely can go there and should go there to meet up with people, you know, share your experience, take part in other people's experiences. Um, but from, from my, the way I make that decision is I find the absolutely most relevant ones also where the people are that I usually otherwise cannot meet up with. If it's a conference where everyone in my community goes who I already meet up at user groups or other conferences, then I maybe don't opt in to go to that one because I, I want to meet new people. I want to expand my network. I want to learn new things. So my takeaways, definitely go to conferences um, and everyone has different reasons for, for going or not going. Yeah, let me add a bit more on that. I agree fully. And one aspect that I've been uh, thinking and contemplating recently is that we do so much of our work virtually. So we do calls, we do chats, we do email, that when you go to a conference, 
that's the place where you actually meet people and they have time for you. They are there. They have nothing else to do than spend time with you and the others. So that's a huge benefit that I feel that if I allocate the time, there's thousands of other people allocating the time as well. And, and, and we are this sort of captive audience and we are more open into getting to know each other as opposed to being online. There's little incentive for some people to, to get to know you better unless they can see the, the, the direct benefits that you might be offering for them. It's just the, the benefit isn't simply that I get to know you. The other thing um, that I would add as a huge plus for conferences is the evening activities. So you spend maybe nine, 10 hours in the, in the conference venue. And then when the official agenda uh, concludes for the day, you have a choice. You can go back to the hotel, put your feet up and, and watch a bit of Netflix and not do anything else. Or you can go uh, to your hotel room, maybe change into something more comfortable or less comfortable, depending on, on, on how you dress for the conference. And then you can do the evening activities. There's always dinners. There's always these occasional drinks. There's always these sponsored, uh, sponsored parties from, from vendors and ISVs where you get to meet and learn to connect with even more people. And, and I often do my best to attend all of those that I can, but still keep it reasonable because I know next day I will have a full day again. So it's, it's not a sprint that you do for one day but more of a marathon that you try to keep sustainable for the week. And then when you go home, you can relax and uncompress, if you will. And, yeah. and you have all sorts of new ideas and you have a lot of new friends as well. Yeah, I, I really like that idea. And I mean, we've both spent time at dinners together in the past and it's, it's a great way to decompress what happened during the day. Yeah. Was there a great announcements? You take a glass of wine or a non-alcoholic beverage like I mostly do these days, and you, you have your food, you just sit and talk about what happened today, what's going on, what's happening in, in your life or lives. And this is a, a perfect way, at least for me, to decompress. You know, a day can be extremely intense at the conference. You spend 10 hours just walking around, standing up, talking to people, and you know, the brain can be a bit overloaded at the end of the day. Just winding that down with a dinner or doesn't have to be dinner. You can, like you say, go out for some drinks or you can just take a, a walk around the park because if you attend the big conferences, you know, the park is usually pretty big. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is a, a perfect opportunity for at least for me, that's how I decompress. It's just take a walk, talk to people, you know, go for some food. Sure. I will be tired when I go to bed because I did not went straight back to the hotel room and, and sleep, but that's okay because that time that I allow myself to meet up with people in the evening also makes me more energized the next day. Yeah. And, and what amazes me year over year, even after doing this for 15 years now, is that in the evening, I might find myself in a, in a dinner table with 20 people and there might be 11 that I've never met, but I might know them by reputation, by, by their faces or names. And we're all equal. It's not like we have this rock star speaker here uh, controlling the airspace, if you will, during the evening and, and dominating the discussion. It's more about everybody sitting together, sharing experiences, getting to know each other better. And we're all equal, regardless of title or company or salary 
or reputation. And that's one of the greatest things I think you can do while at the conferences. Yeah, makes sense. All right. I think I have pretty much taken everything from the top of my head in, in this discussion. Is there anything else you want to add? No, I am anxious for Ignite and then European SharePoints and Office 365 and Azure conference in December. So I will make sure to attend both of those. And I promise to ping you online if you're attending remotely. And I do hope to meet a lot of new people there as well. All right. Sounds cool. Then thank you, Yusi, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And see you next time. Thank you, Toby. Thank you for tuning in to the Control-Alt-Azure podcast. Find out more and read the show notes on controlaltazure.com. Stay tuned.